It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 72, The Lion and the Bear and the Liar. There was movement in the thicket, and the sound of cracking limbs upon the edge of the forest. It was unmistakable. The air went still. They were being hunted. David's eyes narrowed as he looked in the direction of the sound. The lion that terrorized the tribe of Judah was paying them a visit. David could see his eyes, deep and dark and full of fear, through a break in the bush, and then it was gone as it moved away. The sheep knew the danger, for they began to scramble in terror. David stood his ground as a dozen sheep flew by him and their lead shepherd. David loosened and lowered his sling and began to prepare himself for this faithful meeting. The shepherd, who stood by David, said we should probably go now when they began to hear the obvious sounds of other lions as well. David said nothing as the shepherd began to withdraw himself, leaving David alone on the field, standing slinging his sling. I am going to take the sheep to the high ground and back to safety, the shepherd said without waiting for an answer as he ran away. David stood alone on the field as he heard the sound of three lions who wanted to surround him. Timing their march perfectly, all three lions marched out of the woods. He could see all of them, but barely, for they were so spread out, so far from each other. At the moment, he wished he had the family sword reaching to his side. He remembered how he asked for it from Jesse and Eliab, and how he killed the bear, but they didn't believe him, and nor would they grant him the sword for use in the fields. All he had was his swing and a barely sharp bronze knife against three lions. His heartbeat increased as the three lions advanced toward him. He clenched his jaw and showed no sign of weakness. He would make sure his father and brothers did not have a chance to deny the truth after today. And after today, they would not be able to deny the truth that God was with him. The lions advanced against David and within 100 feet he knew he had to strike. Knowing to never turn his back against a lion, it would be impossible soon as they marched to surround him. He saw the two lions on the wings. They were youthful, and a giant lion was in the center. No doubt the head of the pride was in the center. He was huge and powerful. His mane hung low, and he stared at him with destruction in mind for this young man. He knew his options were limited, but the youthful lions could be forced to run off. Terror and fear could be caused against them. But the giant was another story. He would not back down unless one of them was dead. Showing no fear, he advanced against the lions, causing them to slow almost in shock. Who advances against a stronger enemy? Not taking his eyes off the eyes of the lead lion. He twirled his sling over and over 
until he obtained that optimal force. Now was the time to strike. He turned his body just enough as he hurled his first of three stones towards the young lion at his left, and in one motion he turned and seized another stone from his pouch as he spun twice, gaining force and spin to hurl another stone at the young lion to his right. And as he steadied himself and refocused on the giant, ignoring yet hearing the moans of the youthful lions as they each went partially blind in an instant, each of them blinded by stones perfectly placed into their eye sockets. The shrieks of the young lions were terrible as they stumbled around and panicked on the field of battle. The fight was now one on one. As the youthful lions shrank back with their pitiful cries, the giant roared at David and stared at him and did his best to generate maximum fear in his opponent through his growl. He roared at David and David only took another step forward as he seized his final stone and twirled it until it reached beyond maximum kinetic capacity. The lion roared and leaped with terrifying speed at David. David weighed the wind, the movement to the lion, and applying every logical element that he learned in the wilderness, he let fly the stone. Guided by the spirit, the stone flew into the lion and sank into him between his eyes. But the force of his leap still propelled him against David, who with supernatural speed avoided the lunge, and then David grabbed him by the hair and ended the life of the lion with one perfect thrust of his knife. Unbelieving his own eyes, the shepherd from atop a nearby hill finally cried out to David, who confirmed the death of the lion. Go back and get the wagon, David shouted back. We will be taking him home. Are you sure? the shepherd shouted back. Yes, go. As he turned, David asked for something else. Hey, grab my lyre as well. Shepherd just shook his head as he walked away. The shepherd arrived a few hours later with a few mules carrying a wagon and with difficulty they loaded the dead lion onto the wagon. David sat down against the body of the lion and pulled out his lyre and played a new song. I was in the midst of the lions, forced to dwell among the ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They set a net for my feet, and I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul, awake, harp and lyre. I will awake in the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples, for great is your love, reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. As the wagon headed into Bethlehem, one of the officials from the court of Saul was in the town delivering dispatches when he followed the shouting and... Uh, and the crowd who flocked to the road watching a wagon go by cheering a young man who sat in a wagon leaning against a huge lion playing his lyre. There he was singing with his lyre, sitting against a lion, riding through town, and on that day 
Could it be said that the boys and girls saw this strange sight of a young man with the lyre singing and praising God, sitting with a dead lion, the same one that terrorized the countryside? Could it be said that day that he earned his nickname, that David is a lion? He is a lion like Judah, that David is the lion of Judah. Praise be God for the lion of Judah. And could it be said that as David was slowly coming through the town of Bethlehem, that this official from Saul's court was the same official who testified of David in Saul's court in 1 Samuel 16, as the next scene discusses. The fame of David was already growing, even before the scene with Goliath later in the year, for much is known of this good-looking lion killer and musician from the town of Bethlehem, so much so he was requested to aid King Saul in his recent troubles. I hope you enjoyed this creative interpretation of the lion episode referred to by David in 1 Samuel 17.34. We don't know what it looked like exactly when David killed the lion, but it definitely sets the tone of David the warrior and paints a picture and especially the next few events of David's life. 1 Samuel 16.14 Now the Spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's attendant said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Isn't that fascinating that when Saul lost his anointing of kingship, it went to David. It opened the door for him to be demonized. We addressed this concept in the Job episode, how the language makes it appear that God was sending him an evil spirit. But it's the legal right that Saul had surrendered through his disobedience that caused him to lose his anointing, and with it the Holy Spirit that was upon him. Fascinating how David got it, and Saul lost it. It was Jesus who said that if an unclean spirit leaves a person or area, one must make sure to keep themselves clean, or the evil spirit will come back with seven of his friends. Saul, who had a chance to walk with God, refused his lordship, and in turn he bowed a knee to the enemy of man, and with it came an ever-increasing demonization above his life. And in many ways, to have God's spirit and to walk away from him can be worse than not having him at all. In case you wonder what it looks like, Josephus stated his demon was a choking spirit. Beyond this, I'm not exactly sure what, what it looked like and, and Saul's demonization. Now this is where rumor gets to Saul of David's exploits and reputation. 1 Samuel 16, 16. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the lyre. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes on you and you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendants, Find someone who plays well and bring them to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He's a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is in fine looking, and the Lord is with him. Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. 
So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent them with his son David to Saul. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor-bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. Isn't that awesome? David had a reputation that goes all the way to the top, and he has incredible favor. 1 Samuel 16.23 Whenever the Spirit from God came upon Saul, David would take up his lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul, he would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. I find it fascinating that Saul found comfort in the man who would one day take his place. He found comfort in the anointing that was upon David that was once upon him. He found peace and comfort in the one that was previously with him, God. What is so heightened in David's life is his worship. It was when David played his lyre, Saul found relief. It was in worship that the anointing could be experienced the best. It was in worship Saul found relief. The secret of David's life was his worship of God. Worship is defined as the feeling of expression of reverence and adoration for God. We in the Western world term this expression through music and the singing and crying out to God, but by pure definition, it can be done in a variety of ways. Yet it was David who modeled it through song. In 1 Samuel 13, 14, it said that God chose David because he was a man after God's heart. This is what made David who David is. He was a man after God's own heart. In the next episode, we're going to conduct an interview with the man who has dedicated his life to the worship of God and what it means to be a man after God's own heart. In preparation of the next episode, I ask you, the listeners, what is it like for you to be a man or woman after God's own heart? Hope you enjoyed this episode of Message to Kings. Stay tuned next week as we talk about the heart of David and worship and discuss this unusual scene of David and Saul and how demons flee in the presence of worship and the anointing. Feel free to visit the Facebook page and leave a comment or question. Or if you want to chat, email me at messagetokings at gmail.com.